Hello, you're listening to the C Design of Movies. My name's Colin, I'm the C, and joining me live from San Diego, but not really, is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. That's so not really. <laughs> <laughs> you're a man on the ground for the San Diego Comic Con. Yes, it's um, hot out here. <laughs> it's very good. That's, that's, that's very, very accurate. The, the, Would you say the locals are American or not? Mostly American. There you go. The crowds are huge. Okay. So many. Look, Chris Hemsworth is just passing by. Hey, Chris Hemsworth. Hello. It's <laughs> weird. I was always Australian. Um. <laughs> well, you know, he is an actor, right? He can do any accent he wants. Uh, that's his Malaysian impression. That's that very is good. Definitely his Malaysian impression. <laughs> He's just passing me by. Hey, Chris okay. Hemsworth. Don't, don't bother stopping him. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've already got enough material for this podcast. We don't need. Uh, Tony Australia's own Chris Hemsworth um, to join us. Um, as as you may have picked up, we're going to talk a little bit about San Diego Comic Con or Comic Con to its friends. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Spider Man trilogy, not your not your Spider Man Homecoming, not your Amazing Spider Man, but your Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst Spider Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. We've got a little uh, act of fact about Samuel L. Jackson. We've yep. done a quiz on Richard Curtis and much much, much, much more. more. As ever, we start with some news. So, shall we go for? Do, do, do you have any uh, non-San Diego Comic Con news to start? With? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, okay. I think well, that's, so. That's good because we've been doing this for a while. So, it's a- yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure we do. Um, I know. Okay, so you can stop me whether I think whether this San Diego Comic Con related or not. But okay, I know Ant Man and Wasp. That sounds very Comic Con related. They um, did, but they've added Michelle Pfeiffer to the cast. They have. At at. At the Comic Con, did they? Let's let's lead with that anyway. Okay, let's, let's skip that. Let's skip that. I can come back. Okay, <laughs> this is people sometimes accuse us of being too rehearsed. I think that's uh, no one's ever accused us of that. I'll start the news. Um, James Bond, the next one. It's got a release date. It's being released on the eighth of November, twenty nineteen, in the US, with a traditional earlier release in the UK and the rest of the world. And Daniel Craig is hitting it again, right? Well, there's the question. Yes. So he is, but I don't think they've actually announced it yet, have they? Uh, no, but he is, right? Well, what else is who, he doing? He, he, well, he has, well, he's in a film called Logan Lucky, which is coming up soon, which looks pretty good. He's not playing that. Doctor Who, so he, yes, that's true. He's not playing whatever Michelle Pfeiffer is playing in Ant Man and the Wasp. So can he really be doing anything? Yeah. So, what, do you want to do you want to see more Daniel Craig? Uh, I think he makes a good Bond. Mm. I have no why. Why is it that? Mm. I, I I liked him to begin with, but I, I feel his time might be past. I've, this would be his fifth film. That's right. Mm. And Casino Royale, fantastic. Quantum Solace, pretty bad. The other two, pretty good. But I'm not sure there's much more from him. And he clearly doesn't want to do it. He's just there for the money, Colin. Surely they can get someone just as good for less money. I mean. People, people watched people watch James Bond films anyway. Regardless, mm. surely they're not kind of like okay. Well, we've got to go to one of the many, many hit films of Daniel Craig. I mean, name another film Daniel Craig is in. James Bond. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a pleasure doing a podcast with you. Uh, of course, um, man. Look at me. I'm so full of wit today. It's going very well. Um, <laughs> so there you go. It's happening on the day after my birthday. Uh, the new new James Bond. Would that be your birthday present? Going and seeing James Bond. I hope not. You'll be thirty-four uh, then, Colin. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no need for that. Um, and as I like to remind our listeners, you are much older than me. Um, they do not need been, to be reminded of this, Colin. And will have been thirty-four for at least a week before. That. <laughs> okay. Um, do you? Have, is all your news Comic Con related? No, news? I don't think so. Like, okay, okay. I know that James Cameron wants to make a Terminator trilogy. He does. He does. Uh, I know he's overseeing the next film that's being directed by Deadpool's Tim Miller, but you know he's going on to this whole trilogy bandwagon, which you know. Yeah. I thought that bandwagon has, well, that bandwagon is never going to die, it never will be. I think we should do a podcast on just trilogies in general and see which are good and which are bad. Let's do it. I mean, see, where, which was the first trilogy? What was the? Ooh, I don't know. I think it was um, a lot of rings, wasn't it? Like it was the first trilogy, no, not the first ever trilogy, but the first one that got this whole thing started. I, I, you're putting me on the spot. Come um, on, Colin. This is a quiz question. This will be question one. 
Die Hard was a trilogy a long time before Lord of the Rings was a trilogy. Then they made some more Die Hard films, which kind of there's <laughs> not a trilogy anymore, right? But it, it was a trilogy. Got, Aliens was a trilogy for quite a long time. Mm. Back to the Future. Yes, that was a trilogy back from the eighties. Lord of the Rings, Pff, ridiculous. Godfather. Godfather was a trilogy way before that. No one look. No one thinks about Godfather three. People don't talk about Godfather three. I was talking about Godfather three only today. Just ask my friend Pete. Uh, yeah, I, I saw James Cameron's comments where he said um, that he didn't. Re- I think he actually said, "I don't have any respect, or don't have much respect for the uh, the other Terminator films apart from the ones I did." Which, when at the time, he was like, "Yeah, this one's great. Go and watch this one. It's, it's awesome." So he's like, "Yeah, Arnie's a friend of mine, so I tried to be nice, but they're not very good." It sounds very James Cameron-ish, though, to say something like that. I mean, he's yeah. not well known for being the nicest of people. He's not very diplomatic, no. But I thought he's spending his next like six or seven years just making Avatar films. I don't know when he's going to have time to make Terminator films. Yeah, he has six Avatar films to line up, doesn't he? Something Why like six, though? Why not three? I think it's five. I could be wrong. Yeah, confusing. Um, yeah. Uh, Warwick Davis is going to be back in the Star Wars world. That was his... Uh, his Ron, Ron Howard has said he's going to be with him in uh, in the Han Solo spin-off. Do I know Warwick Davis? Uh, you might do. His first ever film was uh, Star Wars Episode Six, where he played an Ewok. Uh, he he was uh, the star of Life's Too Short on TV, but he's oh yes, um, yes, I know what he is now. Yeah, yeah Professor Flitwick mm. in Harry Potter. Yep. Uh, so he's done quite a lot of quite a lot of stuff, including quite a lot of sci-fi things. But um, yeah, back in uh, back in Star Wars, well, I think he was in uh, I think he was in Force Awakens as well. So he's not he's not been absent from Star Wars, but it's a, a reunion with Ron Howard, who apparently he made Willow with. Never seen Willow. No, yeah. people speak highly of it. Yeah, I got. I think one more piece of news, which is definitely not San Diego Comic Con related. Oh yes, but it's basically Disney is making a live action film again of the Hunchback oh. of Notre Dame. And by this time, me, I am also sick of this already. So I'm not going. I'm going to stop announcing this as part of the news as any of our segments and just assume that all Disney films will be remade into a live action film wow. in the future. If even you're sick of it, that's uh. Yeah, I mean, like, these news are just coming, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. Oh, look, I'm trying to make Hunch, uh, an animated film into a live-action film. I will still watch it. It'll, it'll be Obviously, good. yeah. But, yeah, it's not, it's not you know, mind-blowing news or anything. Uh, so, something which is not uh, Disney-related is uh, oh, yeah. Stephen King's It. Okay. It's coming out, uh, I, I didn't know this, but it's split into two parts. Uh, okay. One to be released in September and the second to be filmed next year. So, I kind of should have guessed that it would have been split into two parts because I don't know whether you've seen the, the original film with Tim Curry before. No. Yeah. Um, but basically the first part will be when the, they were kids and then the second part is when they are adults. Okay. So they are they going to are they going to wait for uh, 10 to 20 years or are they going to uh, recast? Yeah, two years. Okay. Presuming they're going to recast the main guys then. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So yeah, I didn't know that. So that's that. Fair enough. Um, you might remember, Zinjan, the exciting news uh, some some months ago, or weeks, maybe, that Amy Schumer had dropped out of the Barbie movie. I have. Anne Hathaway is in talks for the Barbie movie. I don't know why I'm bringing up Barbie news. <laughs> well, you brought out Tag. I told Tag is going to be Tag is going to be very last exciting. podcast. I mean, I mean, Anne Hathaway isn't a small star either, is she? No, although. How can I put Amy Schumer and Anne Hathaway are quite different actresses. They, they, it seems like they don't really know what they're going for with this film. Well, it's been a while since I've seen Anne Hathaway in a comedic role. Didn't you watch uh, that one? Colossal. Was the, Colossal, like a few weeks that's, ago. That's not a comedic role because she was an alcoholic. Okay, it's, it is a comedy though, right? It's a very dark comedy if you can okay. consider it that way. So um, it's not like what she used to do, like the Princess Diaries and oh, I see. Bright yeah. Walls, that kind of light-hearted rom-com okay. stuff hmm. yeah well it'd be, uh, I, I can't imagine watching this film but uh, I'm just intrigued by the whole concept of a Barbie movie to be honest seems like seems like a big old bit of nonsense um, one more one more bit of news uh, can you guess Zijan what was the most complained about film to the uh, BBFC last year ah yes I've seen this by, uh, is it Deadpool it is Deadpool do you yes. know how many complaints it got uh, you know I'm really rubbish at estimations let me guess yeah. 2.3 2.3 complaints million <laughs> it had 51 complaints 
<laughs> I'm, I'm always amazed by this. Like the most, no, basically, no one bothers complaining. Exactly. So why why would you even have this kind of statistic? Yeah. It's like it's the most. It's like out the headlines are most complaining about people. Fifty one. I could get fifty one people to complain. I got a hundred people to get you to dye your hair blonde, Zijan. That's uh, that's. I could get a hundred people. To that's complain, more impressive, right? Yeah. Co- complain about Beauty and the Beast. Um, I look good blonde though. Uh, yes. Fine. Uh, <laughs> our radio listeners. We'll never know whether or not you'll look a blonde. That's uh, like the best compliment I've ever gotten from you, Colin. Fine. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Shall we move on? San Diego Comic Con. San Diego. Has, um, sorry, Comic Con. We, There's we not much news this time <laughs> compared to last year's. I say last year there was loads of stuff that came out of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've not had too much. But um, tell me more about Michelle Pfeiffer and her possible roles in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, so she'll be playing uh, Janet Van Dyne, who was the original Wasp who is the wife of Hank Pym, who was played mm. by Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, and she's the mom of Evangeline Lilly. It was, Evangeline uh, Lilly. <laughs> That's why I say it. I can't believe you're mocking my accent on life. It's not life. It's uh, life. I, People can hear that. <laughs> yes. Yes, they can. Um, it was quite obvious they were going to bring her into this one, wasn't it? Because in, in the previous one, they showed a photo. Like, he had this photo of his wife, and her face was almost entirely obscured. Mm. And clearly because I hadn't cast that point. Which I always thought was pretty weird. He's kind of like, here's my photo of my that I cherish of my dead wife. You can kind of just see the end of her nose. That's that's what I really loved about her. The end of her nose. <laughs> uh, sure? I can't... I, I'll be honest, Sejan. I've never married someone and, and and then they've died. But I, They haven't I like, died, right? Because she's coming back. Well, he thinks she's dead. I'd like, like to think I'd have a picture that showed, like, kind of actually showed their face. She basically shrunk... Down too small, right? It's basically what Scott Lang did in the previous, in the first film, mm. and Scott Lang came back up again. So she went knows? into the something zone or the subatomic zone ish thingy. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne is also uh, is also in that film. Yes, he's playing Bill Foster, who is uh, who becomes Giant Man as well. He gets some pin particles in the is, comic is books. That, is that Goliath? Yeah, he becomes Goliath as well. Yeah, okay. that's right. Which I'm sure and, I read somewhere they called him Black Goliath, which is. Feels a little bit... Uh, On the nose? Yeah. He gets uh, killed by Thor, though. Yeah, I've, I've actually read uh, Captain... I've read uh, Civil Warner. Oh, so. yeah, you did? Hmm. So he got killed by a fake Thor. But I imagine they're not going to put that in this. No, I hope not. I, I don't think they'll put the relationship between Hank Pym and Janet as well in this. So they in the comics, they have quite an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah, he, he has... He has He's a bit of a domestic violence and all that, isn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, so we're I, not going to see that. Not in a Marvel film. Not yeah. in a Disney film. I mean, they're not even giving. Uh, they're not even making Iron Man an alcoholic. They're not going to throw enough domestic violence. No, definitely not. There's going to be a Doctor Doom solo movie. We learned from the con. Is this so that Sony can still keep on the rights? Uh, Fox, but, Fox. but, but yeah. yes, I, I'm pretty sure. Yes, they can. Well, we made a kind of Fantastic Four-ish film. Because presumably, I mean, there's no way this is coming. It's not going to be Toby Kebbell. There's no way they're going to make this out of the Fantastic Four franchise. But I just, I don't know much about Doctor Doom, but that seems like a bad idea. <sighs> Why though? Well, they've tried Fantastic Four three times. It hasn't really worked yet. So maybe the... and there's not much. I don't think there's anything else within that that universe that you can make a film out of. Well, it's like Sony making a Venom film, isn't it? It's, That's uh... true. But Doctor Doom has been in all of the Fantastic Four films iterations. That's true. All of them. So, well, good luck to them. Yeah, you never know. They might get one right. Yeah. Uh, the the new Flash movie. Yes. It's called Flashpoint. Hmm. Uh, are, are you watching uh, the? Oh, you, I know the you watched the TV series. Yeah. yeah, I've watched season one. Okay. But that's Did it. I... But I know they did part of Flashpoint at the end of season two, wasn't it? Yeah, Flashpoint is yeah end season two, start of season three. Um, so. To our listeners, Flashpoint is the story about how the Flash, uh, Barry Allen, he goes back in time to save his mom from being killed by the reverse Flash. But it changes everything. Yeah, it creates a brand new timeline. In the comic books, it's called The New 52. So I'm not too sure how it will work in the films. Maybe they'll just go back and erase Batman vs. Superman from my mind. Yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Just get rid of that in Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, it's, it seems uh, very early to be doing Flashpoint. I mean, the Flash TV series had two whole series before they did it so you got it, to know all the characters this the is most, the first Flash outing it, it is seems. and he's probably his most iconic storyline 
in terms of comic books. Yeah, it's like doing Death of Superman in Batman v Superman when we barely got to know the character yet. It's like, let's just throw... But yeah, can I say, what we're rewriting all this universe, but we've only just met Flash. It seems an odd choice, but um, Flashpoint, that's a good name, isn't it? Yes, I love it. Yeah, fair play to him. The Captain Marvel announcement, so it's going to be set in the 90s, and the Scrolls will be the bad guys. Do you know much about the Scrolls? I know pretty much nothing about the Scrolls. So the Scrolls are shape-shifting aliens okay. who are arch-nemesis of the Kree. So the Kree appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Uh, I think, uh, what was his name? The guy with the hammer, the first bad guy. Ronan. Yeah, Ronan. I think he was a Kree, but I may be mistaken. I, or he was against the Kree's, but the Kree's and the Skrulls were mortal enemies. And like, the, like the sharks and the jet. Like the sharks and the jets. Well, side okay. story. Good yes. reference. Thank you. Uh, um, so, Captain Marvel um, got her powers from a Kree alien. Yeah. Who died and transferred her powers, his powers to her. So it's does, does that happen every time a scroll, a scroll dies or a Kree or whatever it was? Uh, a Kree dies. No, I don't know. I think I can't remember exactly what happened. It's probably like an explosion, and then she was in the wave. Or but a Kree so what, died. He. What powers does Captain Marvel have? Uh, flight, uh, superhuman strength, superhuman oh, yeah. uh, durability, and she can absorb energy and channel it out. So she can basically absorb a nuclear blast, for example. It's not bad, is it? And then channel the energy back out somewhere else as a blast. So, so it sounds like she might be uh, the most powerful person in this whole uh, MCU. Yeah, yeah. Technically, the Scarlet Witch would have been the most powerful if they okay. g- gave her the comic book powers. But if they gave Captain Marvel her full set of powers, yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe Vision. But uh, what I want to so it's in the nineties. Uh, obviously, it's going to be Brie Larson, and, and she's going to turn up in it. Well, maybe not Infinity War, but. In, Probably the second Infinity War. Does she not age, or are they going to do a kind of time travel thing? Or, or probably, yeah. You know, they need to answer why she's missing. Yeah, so I think it's probably going to be time travel, maybe kind of like frozen in time, like like Captain America, but probably mm. time travel. I would have said. Yeah, because like Samuel Jackson is going to be in it as the yes. Fury, so he needs to mention why he's not mentioned about her. Yeah, to the new no, Avengers. There's no way she's just sitting around kicking her heels for exactly. Given that years. she came out before Tony Stark as well, yeah, she would have been the first Avenger. Unless, or possibly, uh, she was. She's been out in space doing various space things. Maybe. Yeah, she could have though. Uh, yeah, she could fly in space as well. But I does she not it. age? Well, are they going to do the kind of X Men thing where they just fast forward ten years and don't bother aging anyone? Up? <laughs> the thing is, she should age. I don't think I don't see anything in the comic books that disagree against yeah. that but the thing is in comic books everyone's around the same age forever yeah that's true so, so have we any time travel in the MCU yet? I guess uh, apart Captain from Doctor Strange Doctor I guess. Strange yeah so maybe maybe he's going to bring her back or something or maybe uh, Dormam what's his name Thanos oh uh, yeah could bring her back so much uh, so much to, to ponder so much possibilities <laughs> Now there are some trailers uh, released from Comic Con. I know we don't normally talk trailers, but hey, let's let's talk trailers. Yep. Um, so we've had well, the two big ones: are Thor Ragnarok and uh, Justice League. And Ready Player One for those who Ready are. Ready Player One's also on my list, but I don't know much about it. So. Uh, okay. Okay, we can talk about Thor Ragnarok and Justice League then. Well, let's talk about Ready Player One as well because I'm intrigued. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with Thor Ragnarok. looks looks uh, looks really good. I'm I'm quite excited about this one. Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to remember what happened in the trailer now. Uh, so the, this trailer. So previously, we kind of saw a lot of um, we just saw Hulk and Thor fighting, basically. Whereas this is showing a lot more of Asgard and uh, falling. Yeah, and then him, him teaming up with uh, Tessa Thompson and Loki. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and the uh, Hulk speaks. He does. I, I haven't worked out if that's Mark Ruffalo or not. I assume it probably is. Mm, it probably is. I don't see why they will get another actor to speak as the Hulk. I mean, they can just probably modify his voice if they need it to be. Yeah, because I got Lee Ferrigno last time for just when he said puny god. But, um, but I imagine that, uh, yeah, they'll give it to Mark roughly. But yeah, it seems uh, yeah, very funny. Taika Waititi is, uh, is the director who did um, Hunt for the Wild People, which is great. But they, they seem to be, it seems quite Guardians y to me. They're playing up the comedy side of things. Yes, it does. And it's very fantasy based, isn't it? It's very mm. you know, surreal. Like yeah. you won't see that world anywhere. No, oh, very frenetic. It's, it's very different to the last couple of Thors as well, I think. Sure. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he's going to deal with the whole Jane Foster thing. Be- being missing. 
Maybe no one else cares. But the, yeah, no the one last, cares. I don't really care about Jane Foster. I mean, the, the, she... the last time, the end of Thor two, they kind of reunite on Earth. And inter- interesting fact, I discovered the other day: the the, the post credit scene in Thor two where where they kiss. Yeah. That's actually uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife in a wig. Uh, what? Because Natalie Portman wasn't available that day. <laughs> really? So there you go. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Great thanks, trivia. Thanks, man. So yeah, I don't know whether he's just going to break up off screen because there's no way Natalie Portman's coming back to this franchise. I don't think she's uh, no. she's, she's done with it. I don't know why though. Like it's not like she's doing anything else nowadays. Just getting pregnant. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm well, sure she, she is though. She has been getting pregnant. I'm sure she's doing lots of things. Uh, none of them spring to mind immediately, but I'm sure she's very busy. She's mm. probably doing a uh, Terence Malick film. Oh yeah, she was in Jackie last year, wasn't she? She was. She was very good in that actually. Very good. Um, she was so, in Jane Got Her Gun, which I've not seen. She's got it all going on. There you go. Justice League. Again, I can't remember what happened in this. It, it feels like it's a long time ago <laughs> since I've seen the trailers, but it was just in last week. Fantastic preparation. Um, I saw it. A, I believe you. Uh, again, it seems to be ramping up the comedy in this one. Um, so it's, def- it's definitely funnier. Yeah, so you can you can see the the, the fingers of Joss Whedon all over this. I think this is the last trailer was very much a Zack Snyder trailer, and this one they've got the Flash making some jokes. Uh, yeah, basically just a lot of them teaming up. You see, um, uh, Stephen Wolf is it the chappy with the horns? Yep. Who uh, turns upon uh, Thermoskira? Yep. Did I get it right? Yep. All right. I think whatever reshoots there are going to be pushing Wonder Woman more. So I'm wondering if that's a reshoot. It can only be a good thing, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, know, I know they're paying a lot. They're spending a lot for the reshoots. Obviously, yeah. If, if Joss Whedon can bring some of his uh, Avengers magic to this world, I'm, uh, I'm very happy. They're going to be quippy Justice Leaguers. It looks like they're giving Flash a lot of the quips, which I think fits the character. That's... Yeah. I think Batman gets some as well, I think. Yeah, and, and you see Aquaman doing a bit as well. I'm not sure we've seen uh, Wonder Woman make any particularly yeah. amusing moments, but um, yeah, it looks a bit more kind of like they're going to actually done. We're going to have a bit more character development, and so is it a bit more like, like the Avengers then? Basically, it seems to be quite uh, Avengersy, which I'm all for. Yeah, then Stephen Wolf will send all the little things, robots to come and kill yeah. them, and then there's a big fight scene in the end. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Still, um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but with with trepidation. <laughs> Hopefully, Joss Whedon can swing it around. I hope so. So, Ready Player One, I did watch the trailer. Um, I saw Iron Giant was in it, and I got confused. Yeah. What's, um, what's, what's going on? Because, so, it's basically an homage to a lot of um, 80s, uh, 80s, 90s video games, 80s video games, okay. for example. Um but so the book itself is basically set in a post-apocalyptic world, as you would. And, classic, yes, yeah, a classic. So, um, and it goes through a lot of references to old video games. So I've heard and I read that Steven Spielberg has gone with the gist of the book, but he is not following it strictly. Okay. At all, he's changing a lot of it. He has the the backbone of it, but not much else. So that's why I think you see the Iron Giant because Iron Giant does not appear in the book. If you look closely in it, if you look closely in the trailers, you'll see there's Tomb Raider somewhere. There will be uh, Deadpool and Harley Quinn wandering about somewhere. Yeah, so how, it's, how do you get the rights to all this stuff? No idea. But it's basically a film which is going to be chock full of references and chock full of geeky pop culture references. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so, yeah, looking forward to it. It's coming out next year. Okay. But Spielberg's not doing... Uh done much in the way of fantasy or sci-fi for a while has he i try to think well bfg i guess but um like the last thing i saw he did, he did was lincoln which was a very different kind of film so mm. good to see him to be that it'd be good to see him back though i haven't seen a steven spielberg film for a while now didn't you see bfg no i didn't ah, okay uh well there you go those are the big trailers that's the big san diego comic-con news uh it's almost like you were there <laughs> hey chris hemsworth He's still there. Come on. It's all, he's been hovering around me. Chris, kind of, we've, we've talked up your film. We've said it's good. We've said we're looking forward to it. Keep moving. Come on. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. Um, right. If you if you have any San Diego Comic-Con news we haven't covered and you want us to talk about it two weeks' time, get in touch at the show, cdzmovies at gmail.com or on Twitter at cdzmovies. 
I realised it's a few weeks since I said that, so I thought I'd say it. Uh, we move on briefly to our segment, the To See or Not To Z. Have you yes. been watching films recently, Zizhan? I have, actually, and I have an absolute cracker of a film. An absolute time, right? cracker? Okay. Yeah, look at me, I'm so British. Yeah. <laughs> would, you say yeah. would you say it's your cup of tea? No. No, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, given that I didn't have a film uh, last time around, so, um, this film came out last year. Okay. It's a musical film. Okay. And dare I say, I think this is better than La La Land. Controversial. Okay. Yeah. What's Do you know what this film is? Uh, I'm struggling to think of any musical films that came out last year. So, okay. Apart from La La Land. So, it's called Sing Street. Oh, yes. I've seen Sing Street. Was yeah. that last year? I thought it was older than that. came out last year. I love Sing Street. It's not bad, is it? Um, it's very good. Tell, tell me more about Sing Street. So Sing Street is written and uh, directed by John Carney, who okay. did Once and Begin Again. Oh, yes. yes and yes. tells the story of a boy starting a band to impress a girl in 1980s Ireland. Hmm. To be clear, that he's from 1980s Ireland as well. He's not... He's he doesn't not, go back in time. He's not time-traveling to impress a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just a great film. Like, it, it's... I think the songs are definitely better than Once in La La Land and the sure. singing is definitely better. Uh, I disagree. The singing is definitely better. I can't, rem- I can't remember any of those songs at all, to be honest. Uh, the singing is definitely better. Uh, Emma Stone's Weak Voice and Ryan Gosling's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun film. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's full of... It's a lot of optimism and, you know, he, he, he like it's just bringing you back to your childhood days. I was going to say, I, I, was ex- I was expecting him to be beaten up, beaten up a lot more than he was in the film. Because he had a bit of trouble with bullies, and then he started coming to work basically dressed as David Bowie. Yeah, he um, did. And, and the bullies are fair, fair enough then, mate. <laughs> I was like, okay, I was expecting a, uh, a few more broken lips. But there you go. Yeah, and uh, it, it's, it's it's definitely more grounded than La La Land. And it's on, the, uh, it's on the Netflix, isn't it? It's on Netflix, yes. And I left the film wanting to watch it again. It's just, just that good. I never had a feeling with La La Land. I... I like this. I like seeing a strip. There you go. Uh, I've seen a film, uh, Dunkirk, which is out in cinemas right now. Uh, the latest film from Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, about the the rescue from the beaches of Dunkirk. Um, this has got kind of rave reviews all over the place. Five yes, stars, hasn't it? Places. It's yeah, like yeah. the best Christopher Nolan film ever. That's, yeah, some people say that. Some people say the best modern war film. I think basically this comes down to what I mean when I say I'm not really a fan of war films. Okay. Because uh, I, I can admire the spectacle. But it's, it's things like um, Hacksaw Ridge talked about in the year. That, that's a war film, but it's all kind of it's basically based around one person's story about being conscientious objective, maybe. Whereas this is basically just straight up war film, and kind of quite deliberately, I think we're not really told anything about these characters at all. We just meet them in the war and we're straight into it. There's, there's not masses of dialogue. A lot of it is expositionary dialogue, anyway. So basically, all you're, you're seeing there kind of their attempts to escape, and and you kind of they keep hitting blocks really so they'll kind of get some of them will get into a ship to escape and then the ship will sink and they'll get somewhere else and then that will they'll be turfed off that and it's kind of just almost the hopelessness of it albeit obviously a lot of them did escape uh, and it's, it's set from partly on the beach partly on the sea partly in the air uh, and there's there's kind of a, a gimmick to it in as much as that the air lasts for one hour that the, the sea lasts for a week and the beach lasts for a day i think or something like that um to be honest that wasn't that didn't really come through to me at all what uh, happened in dunkirk um, so the the Nazi forces had had pushed the British soldiers um, right to the coast, uh, and they're, they're trying to evacuate, and the French soldiers are around as well, kind of fighting. Um, and the, the kind of the famous bit in this country is, is that lots of kind of small boats, just like kind of family owned boats, sailed over to Dunkirk to, to rescue soldiers rather than rather than the navy doing it all, um, because the navy ships couldn't land on the beach. Mm. So that's kind of very very famous in this country. I don't, I don't think very apparently not taught. Elsewhere, like in French schools, they don't learn about it. Maybe. But that's kind of very famous here. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I kind of came on a bit disappointed. It's very intense, or, or be, I think a bit over the top in the intensity sometimes. You've got this kind of ticking clock the entire time. And I remember there's one bit fairly early on where they're putting life jackets onto a boat in Dover, and we've got this kind of ticking clock and Hans Zimmer's score. And I think this this isn't tense. They're just moving stuff from a dock into a boat. There's no there's no great time. It seems very really artificial, right? Yeah, so I, I think that's, that's just one example. A lot of it actually is very tense because you've got kind of people drowning from collapsing ships and you've got a plane where the guy's trying to get out. It's, it's crash-landed and he's trying to get out before he drowns. And it was, So there's 
there is a great deal of intensity but um i think if you love war films you'll you'll find this film fantastic mm-hmm. if you're kind of looking for a bit more character driven um probably not it's, it's not gonna be for you so i'd say um of christian nolan's films I, i'd rank it definitely below most of them maybe uh maybe above interstellar because i don't really like interstellar but but you didn't answer the most important question of all colin uh what's that how is Harry Styles? Harry Styles is surprisingly good. Um, if I didn't know it was him, I think I would have. I wouldn't have thought that's a bad actor. Uh, I'm looking at the, I mean, in fairness, I say there's not massive dialogue, so a lot of what he's doing is just, you know, falling in water. <laughs> but um, he fall a lot into water. He, he does quite a lot, yeah. But he does it very well. Um, what I find odd about it is it's got Tom Hardy in the plane, but he's got um, kind of well, I don't know, some sort of gear over his mouth so you can barely hear what he's saying think, well, what is it so it's like Chris- yeah what is it with Christopher Nolan and Tom Hardy and not letting him speak <sighs> maybe he just does a good job of not speaking maybe uh, so there you go I, I, if you're going to watch it watch it in a cinema I think it would lose a lot of impact on the small screen but if you don't like war films don't bother here's cool. my summary there you go well we we've uh, we move on usually we, we fill up the whole hour and we only talk about one film Today we're going to talk about three films. Let's see how this works. Uh, <laughs> we're talking okay. about the Spider-Man trilogy from uh, whatever years those films came out. Probably That's what ever a spider can. It does. So the first one's probably 99, 2000, something like that. If I know, it must be 2001. Um, because a lot of the uh, advertising involved the, the Twin Towers and they had to pull it all, uh, obviously after the 9-11 attacks. So 2001, 2004, 2007, something like that, I would say. So, this Spider-Man came out after X-Men, didn't it? Yes, I think X-Men so the, was, was maybe a year before. So, the superhero craze has started. It had, but only just. I mean, you'd had, only just, you yeah. had Blade before that, but Blade was kind of half... It was, it was comic, but, kind of, but not kind of superhero in your, in your typical way. We hadn't had a Batman film for a while. We hadn't had a Superman film for a very long time. Yep, so this was basically the start of... Yeah, and in fact, Ang Lee's Hulk came out around the same time, I think. Oh, um, did it? Huh. I think a little, maybe a little bit afterwards. But, um, but yeah, no, you're right. This this is kind of it's basically invented the genre to a certain extent, or at least set set the rules of the genre. Uh, to for, a certain extent. For, yeah, it kind of a lot of superhero films are quite similar to this one afterwards. I think. Yep. So uh, in Spider-Man One, so we have Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. We do. He had he's he is Spider-Man in the trilogy. Uh, I thought it was a good choice. Yeah, he, it got a bit of backlash at the time, I think, didn't it? He um, did, because they didn't think he could pull off the build, I think. Right. Yeah. Mm. I think back then they were thinking that he can't come up with like a six-pack. I don't know why why directors and producers can't imagine, you know, actors yeah. working hard. I mean, they, they did the same for Chris Pratt, right, when before he became a Guardian. Yeah, I just said it's a good personal trainer and you come up with a six-pack and that's it. Is that true? If only it works for us, Colin. I haven't, I haven't noticed. My job, I mean, I don't have a personal trainer, let alone a good one, but... Um... But yeah, I, I, he's he's obviously too old, really. But mm. I don't. I I that didn't really take me out of the film. It's not unusual to have twenty-something-year-olds playing high school students, and it's it was fine. I thought he was a very good Peter Parker. He played a very shy, nerdy. You know, yeah, yeah. He did that very well, so I'll give him that. Yeah. So I I didn't read comic books at all. So this I I obviously knew who Spider Man was. But I didn't really uh, know any of the backs. I didn't. I'd never heard of MJ or Aunt May or really. Wow. Yeah. No. It wasn't. Just wasn't part of my childhood, really. So okay. Um, so so I, this I, was your first exposure. Yeah. So I didn't even. I didn't watch the cartoons. I didn't really. So uh, yeah. Green wow. Goblin. It was. It was all completely new to me. Um, so Why did, do you choose to watch it then? I didn't actually watch it in the cinema. I think uh, I, I watched it. Uh, kind of a year after or something. Someone lent it to me. They said it was good. So I thought I'd give it a try. Yeah. So and. I'm glad I did. It's, 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 I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but if you were a comic book fan, I, I think you kind of be more worried about the things that deviate. So the, the fact that <laughs> you think, oh, he doesn't remind me of the real Peter Parker as much as there's a real Peter Parker. I think my only issue with his Spider-Man was that he wasn't quippy enough. Yeah. Yeah, so Andrew Garfield is suddenly a lot more quippy in his uh, iteration. Uh, we have, have the lovely uh, Kirsten Dunst as uh, Mary Jane Watson, MJ. She had done quite a lot of stuff before she was a child actress so mm-hmm. she was in Jumanji and Little Women Small and Soldiers Small Soldiers of course but this is this is kind of a big step up for her in terms of recognition I think at this stage I uh, think it was for both Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst wasn't it yeah I, don't think, I think he'd done Wonder Boys before that possibly but um, 
but yeah, I'd never heard of him at that point, certainly, or, or yeah. her. Uh, and if any, I see. I thought she did the, the love and just job very well. Um, I, I'm, as, as, I'm not going to lie, a large mm. part of why I enjoy these films is the uh, is her work in them. It's right. it's interesting that a lot of the superhero films we get these days aren't kind of romantic, or the, yeah, the, the kind of love interest is is secondary or, or isn't there at all. Whereas this is very much focused around that. It's very central to the film. Yeah. So as I said last time, the the first line in the film says this this is a story about a girl. Yes. Kind of before you hear anything about Spider-Man, you hear about MJ. And I, I appreciated that, certainly. In this film, I actually thought they may, they would have killed off MJ. Oh, really? In the style of Gwen Stacy. Because there was a point when she was falling down, right? Yeah, we should say spo- these films are really old, so we're going to sp- do spoilers for all of them. Yeah. 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 There was one point when she was falling down from a building, and, uh, and Peter had to save her. Yeah. So that was very reminiscent of the, the fall of Gwen Stacy. Yeah, so uh, it was the off the bridge, wasn't it, with the cable car of kids versus MJ Green Goblin saying, "Got to catch one of them." Um, yes, and then he caught them both, so they're fine. He caught them both. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that they would do it because obviously it's a very iconic scene. Yeah, yeah. and it's also a good turning point for the Peter Parker, Peter Parker character Peter in Parker. the comic books. Peter Parker peppers. Um, okay, I, I guess I say I, obviously I had no idea about that at the time, but I, I would have been surprised. I think if they killed her off, particularly kind of that point in the film, kind of midway through. They're very good chemistry. They do, yeah. No, it's, it's very, um, very good. Point. I imagine deliberately cast that way. Um, mm. they'll, they'll have screen tested everyone. In, well, they probably cast him first and screen tested her with with him. I would have thought there was an upside down kiss, which was a the very iconic scene. Upside down kiss, yes. yes. Uh, which was then repeated in Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three in various different combinations. Um, but it's the best in the first film. Yeah. So Spider Man Two. Well, we'll maybe hop around a bit. Uh, MJ is is dating uh, uh, the Jameson kid, and mm-hmm. she gets she kind of says, gets him to lean his head back so she can kiss him upside down, albeit horizontally in that case. And then uh, Spider Man Three, um, we have him doing it with Gwen Stacy uh, up in front of the crowd. So it's um, but yeah, I, I, iconic scene. I, I've certainly the most iconic film in that trilogy. One one of the most iconic superhero moments of of recent. I say recent of of any films, a superhero film. I would have thought. Yeah, it I've, would be. I've thrown that out there, um, but it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I kind of it's it's kind of a good. I think it's, for him. It's, it's, it started it all though. That's the thing. Like there, there isn't anything to compare it with. There isn't much to compare no. it with. It's a it started off this modern superhero. Yeah. Genre. I mean, you can compare it to old Batman films, but it's not this. And they're this really they're really genre. playing up the. Um, kind of the dual identity where he's Peter Parker who's her friend and Spider-Man that she's falling in love with and she doesn't know that it's the same person which is interesting in, in Amazing Spider-Man almost immediately uh, Gwen Stacy finds out that he's Spider-Man and well, it's quite difficult to hide though it's not like he's <laughs> it's not like he's actively hiding his doesn't even himself. change his voice oh. exactly right <laughs> yeah. The, 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 okay it's not as bad as, you know Clark Kent putting on glasses but yeah he's got a mask um, yes uh, going through the rest of the cast so um, we've got James Franco as Harry yeah. he was also quite new then yeah I can't think what he'd done before that but he, he auditioned for Spider-Man apparently but he got uh, certainly that's the first time I'd seen him in things um, but his career's gone very well since then yeah he's done some weird stuff since then uh, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's getting gotten in with the, kind of the whole Seth Rogen crowd but um yeah, I mean, he, what can I say? He, he does the job well. He, it's Harry Osborn. He's kind of believable as a friend and all that. Yeah. Um, Norman Osborn was played by Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. He was good. He has this very smarmy look to him. Yeah. I think the I one love, that you want to punch. A lot of people didn't like the costume. I thought it was okay. I had no issues with the costume. Okay. Whatsoever. I think it's been pointed out seen as, as well as saying, uh, why did you give him that mask? Because his face basically looks like a goblin's anyway. Just, just stick with that. Which I can see where they're coming from. Because it's green. Okay, apart from the greenness. He, but he can't call himself the Green Goblin if he's you know, not wearing it. He can put on face paint or something. <laughs> but then they know, they know who he is. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, yes, yeah, so I think he's, he he's gives good villain. He's a very villainous type character. Um, and it's yeah, it's kind of fun scenes where he's, he's kind of piecing it together. Yes. You get a scene where uh, Peter Parker kind of comes in and leaps up onto the ceiling. Yes. Drop of blood kind of. Slowly drops down. Uh, Rosemary Harris as Aunt May. She's she does her job. Twinkles. You know she's the mother of Jennifer Ely, who played Elizabeth Bennet in Pride and Prejudice. Okay. There you go. <laughs> interesting. Uh, interesting fact. Uh, you seem very interested. 
Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm not like distracted whatsoever. I'm not like playing games on my phone at the moment. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> we 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 see obviously uh, we have to get the spidey sense going on. So we see um, one of the first times that MJ sees his his powers, or it doesn't realize it's his powers because she's a bit dense. It seems is when he uh, catches all the stuff on the tray when she falls over. So that's, that's fun. It works. Yeah, I I think all these small moments make this film great. Yeah, you still remember them. I still remember them. Hmm. And I can't remember the trailer for Justice League that came no. out last week. Like I said, I didn't bother watching these films again before doing this because I know them so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any criticisms of this film? Do you think? You know, I mean, on hindsight, you can probably pick pick it apart. Mm-hmm. But I know that I enjoyed the film at the time. Hmm. And I probably wasn't as you know, critical about films at the time as well. So yeah. I like to keep it as that, rather. Yeah, I've told you, there's bits where I don't think. Well, come on to Spider-Man Two, which is my favourite. So I don't think it quite reaches those heights. Those heights. But uh, yeah, I can't really feel that it's got it's got a romantic subplot right off the top, which is which I love. The, the cast's all great. The, the effects are kind of game-changing at the time. You mm-hmm. kind of, you'll believe a man can swing on webs. I guess my only thing with the Spider-Man web slinging is that they don't always bother to figure out what he's web slinging onto. It's just kind of <laughs> going between buildings, like oh, there must be a helicopter there somewhere or something. Of course, uh, of course, and yeah. you know, why not? Yeah. Um, apparently, in both Spider-Man and Spider-Man Two, they considered putting in multiple villains, and uh, and decided against it. I think it's a good thing, though. Like, if only they, if only they kept that up. Um, yeah. They so, decided to make up for it by putting three in the third. Film. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're, I agree. Kind of, you get to see those characters develop without overload. Hmm. If I was going to criticize this film at all, it's that Macy Gray is singing in it, which uh, dates the film quite a lot. No, yeah. that's so cool. She was singing, and then she saw Spider Man swing down for a parade. Yeah. And she started screaming. Um, so M- MJ is very much damsel in distress. You don't really. Uh, I mean, she, she was. She's a great character. Um, kind of, you do get to see her, her vivaciousness and um, and the relationship she has with Peter Parker and with Harry. But she's not. Th- th- these days, I think, and, and you even see this later on in the trilogy, but. You'd, you'd need her to have a bit of an action scene or something. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, she was pretty much being saved the whole time. Yeah, I think there's an interview yeah. actually in, in Spider-Man Two where she's um, so Doc Ock is, uh, is is attacking Spider-Man and she comes up behind him with a plank of wood to hit him. Yep, and he doesn't even bother turning around; he just knocks her out of the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. She give her all that, that, the all the uh, girl power you like, but she's not a superhero. <laughs> it's uh... that, that is fair though. I mean, that is fair. I mean. If you hit a, a guy with four tentacles with a plank of wood, I yeah. think that would be the fairest reaction you'll get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I've never tried hitting uh, any kind of octopus with a plank of wood. You probably shouldn't. No, good, good tip. Actually, one thing was um, J. Jonah Jameson is brilliant in these films. Yeah. Uh, so funny as the, as the editor. Um, just played by J.K. Simmons, who's going to be in the new Justice League. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, I love those scenes, kind of really quick rat-attack dialogue, quite a throwback to kind of His Girl Friday type of things. So. Yeah, and I like J.K. Simmons. What's interesting about Jersey it's directed by Sam Raimi, who is a horror director, uh, and you kind of you can you can see that a bit, I think, particularly in the second one. But um, he's, he's obviously it's not a horror film, but he's he's kind of got some inspiration from that. Should we move on to Spider Man Two? Yeah, which is both our favorite Spider Mans. It is film. Yeah, what makes Spider Man Two the best? So I think. The the character development, so you kind of, yeah, MJ discovers it's, that it's, it's Peter Parker, but you have him kind of balancing off being Peter Parker and being Spider-Man. He gave up being Spider-Man for a while. Did, Spider-Man no more. Yeah, that um, was a great scene. Throw the, the suit in the trash can. Yeah, so I think it really develops that love story, um, and that's that's one of the reasons I, I'm a big fan. Um, Doc Ock is a great villain, I think probably best better villain. than Green Goblin, yeah. Yeah, yes, because he had this relationship with... Peter Parker that was you know that was believable back then Green Goblin was just you know his son's best friend yeah no that well, kind of relationship whereas this was a mentor student kind of thing you know? yeah and that's I think that was that was a good choice to, to put that into the script so you, again you get another character who's seeing Peter Parker and Spider-Man um, but not not connecting the two uh, action wise I, I think the uh, the train, train fight is, is, is still the best um, it's amazing and I, yeah I'm not a huge kind of action fan but that, as a set piece that's it's th- it's kind of quite imaginative. He tries quite a few different things to stop it. You get yep. some, uh, uh, and in the end, he kind of used his body. I don't know whether how that will work out in real life though. Like, if you know your webs can't stop it, why would your body stop the train? Who knows? Don't dig too deep. Um, 
I, I like yeah the whole thing with him balancing the job as well and, and school work or university, college work university work um, you kind of see the pressures on him so you can kind of see how he got to the point where he wants to give up being Spider-Man because it's just getting too much for him hmm. I think yeah they've, they've kind of been quite thoughtful about how to develop him as opposed to just throwing new villains at him or, or whatever uh, Stan Lee has a cameo has a cameo in all of these but these, these are back in the days where they were proper cameos where he just you might not spot him as opposed to his extended appearances these days um was so, he? Um, so I think in both one and two, he just moved someone out of the way of uh, of falling rubble. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, like the Stanley cameo is getting a bit tiresome nowadays. Yeah, they, especially if it's in the post-credit scene. They've gone a bit over the top, haven't they? Uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're fun. But you kind of it needs, it needs they need to be fairly careful where they throw it in these days because you don't want to distract from attention. Whereas in this one, they they didn't have that issue really. What I discovered today in my cursory research, uh, was that, uh, you know, when uh, Doc Ock is, uh, is kind of getting his precious trillium and showing everyone his mind chip and all this. Yep. One of the people, according to the novelization of Spider-Man 2, one of the people in the room is Hank Pym. Um, was it? Suggesting that at some point, Sony must have owned Hank Pym. Oh, wow. I thought they just wrote it in without bothering to, uh, to check. Probably, uh... <laughs> yeah. They were, they were going to put Wolverine in the first one, weren't they? And they, um, oh. And then they thought, well, let's check with Fox. Oh, they're not going to let us do it. Okay. Okay, let's put Hank Pym in on yeah. the site, just because. Yeah, I'd not mention it. But surely, At all. Surely they didn't think they were going to be able to bring him in. Maybe they did. Who was playing Hank Pym? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that he was even had a line or anything. It was just... He was just there. Yeah. Which is, uh, maybe it's just the person writing the novel thought it would be fun to put in and didn't, didn't know about copyright rules. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, again, so, I think this, this works because it's a very focused story. You've got the... You've got Peter's journey, and everything is kind of built around that. And yeah, it's they, good. They nailed I, it. Yeah, I really have to say, if only they learn from this. Yeah, Spider-Man Three. <sighs> Spider-Man, which is 3. the worst Spider-Man film I think out of all seven. I would or uh, six. I would agree. Yeah, the worst one. So yeah. Before, before we go on to Spider-Man Three, uh, the last scene of Spider-Man Two, I think, is great. Um, mm. Where she, MJ, turns up in the wedding dress, and tells him, "Go get him, Tiger." classic MJ line yeah uh, but then kind of the last scene you see is her having kind of second thoughts thing what have I let myself in for I think that was quite clever was reminiscent to the end of The Graduate uh, to a certain extent Spider-Man 3 what's wrong with it can we say what's right with it first because it's going to be quicker <laughs> okay uh, what's right with it um, Sandman was pretty good yeah he was alright he was alright he had you know he had a decent story you know why yeah. he he got caught in an accident? So I can understand how he feels. The Sandman was okay. He was fine. Uh, the 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 suit is still good. The black one or the red one? I think the black one's all right. Yeah. Um. Okay. What's yeah. wrong with? Things. <laughs> I I've been waiting for this film for two years. Yeah. And I'd kind of coming out of the cinema. I kind of almost tripped myself into thinking it was good. I was gonna like, yeah, that that was all right. There's good bits in it. It's. And everyone else I'd watch it with is one of absolutely terrible. I'm like, no, it's not a bad film. And um, and then you watch it again. I did. I even watched it again in the cinema because I couldn't get it out of my head. I was thinking, is it bad? I watched it again. It's like, yeah, no. It's um, it's it, it, I say I I think the acting is still strong. So the the, the characters I know and love, it's good to see them again. But, but it's really uh where to start? Well, shall we start with my okay? The thing I hate the most. Go for it. Emo Peter. <laughs> With jout hair. Oh dear. Yes, that was um he kind of turned evil. Which How meant, is the hairstyle even cool? Which meant he, he turned he gelled his hair and danced a lot. With Gwen Stacy with Bryce Dallas Howard. Ah uh, speaking of which, okay, I like Bryce Dallas Howard, albeit I don't think this is anywhere near her best work. No, she didn't she's, do much. So. She's not Gwen Stacy at all, is she? I mean, no. Why why no, no connection what basically just like oh, we need another girl. Who else is there? Well, let's let's call her Gwen Stacy. So that there'll be some, you know, create some tension between Peter and MJ. Yeah, it's so artificial, isn't it? It just feels so forced. Well, exactly. And it's like, well, just just throw her into the mix in a kind of love triangle that doesn't really work at all. No, uh, I didn't. I didn't much like the so the well Venom. I know again, this had a massive backlash from people who love Venom. Uh, I had never heard of Venom, so I didn't have any strong feelings, but. There's just too many villains. You've got Green Goblin or Hobgoblin. You've yep. got uh, Sandman. You've got Venom. I think my least favorite part actually might be the Harry storyline. Um, 
because when he found out that Peter was Spider-Man yeah so he finds out he's Spider-Man and wants to kill him bangs his head so kind of becomes unconscious so doesn't know what's going on discovers that he's his Spider-Man so wants to kill him again then discovers his father is the Green Goblin and he discovers that his father killed himself and then discovers then decides that he doesn't want to kill him because he discovers his father killed himself and then he finds to sacrifice himself and it's like I think that was one of the main issues that if you cut out two of the twists in that maybe Maybe you, you haven't wanted to kill him. Then he discovers what really happened, so he doesn't want to kill him. That that that's all you need. You don't need this kind of kind of back and forth, back and forth. And this ridiculous scenario where he's he's taking Mary Jane. Did he take Mary Jane hostage, or he pretended to? Oh, he, he tells Peter that he's got to break up with MJ. No, he tells MJ he's she's got to break up with Peter. It's not entirely what, clear why. So he, he says to MJ, right, you need to go and break up with him on this bridge. And then she does because he's told that he has to, otherwise he's going to kill her or something. But then it turns out she really has broken up with him. So it doesn't really matter. So it's like, well, okay. <laughs> what was the point of all that? So I think coming up, certainly at the time, I'm thinking if you cut that, some of that out, you get a bit more breathing space for the other stuff. Uh, you're right, though. It's like, it was too packed. It was. Um, there was no focus. There was. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're trying to put. They're just checking things. It almost feels like a parody. It's like when, when they, yeah, they put her in the cab up in the sky. It's just classic Mary Jane damsel in distress, but so kind of half-heartedly thought out and you have this woman with a terrible accent uh, on the news <laughs> and I think the, the bit that I kind of I seem to remember there was giggling in the cinema was when um, Spider-Man is swinging through and he kind of just pauses in front of the American flag and the entire screen is filled with the American flag and I, that might have played well in America I don't know but it didn't play well in uh, Coventry <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we agree it's sad because I, I think the, all the cast agrees as well and, and Sam Raimi because a lot of the stuff he, he didn't want to put Venom in and he was kind of forced to do that by the studio. Yeah, because Venom is super popular, though. Yeah. He, he just wanted a Sandman film. Oh, and the whole thing about how Sandman is, in fact, the person who killed Uncle Ben just kind of Happened to that. be. That was just silly. Well, was it meant to be a trilogy, or was it, were there plans to have more films? There were. After that? So, um, so if I want the, the screenwriter said that he, that the Spider-Man 3, he considered splitting into two, but he couldn't find a good end first half so he didn't but yeah Spider-Man 4 was was kind of in the works I think um, John Malkovich had signed on to play the Vulture yep um, and Hathaway was in talks to play Felicia Hardy yep. uh, who was going to turn into the Vultress uh, apparently ah uh, yes I remember that bit. Um, so it was all, but basically I think Kirsten Dunst Tim McGuire and Sam Raimi had all said we'll only do it if all of us want to do it and I think it was Sam Raimi who said he didn't want to do it so, so the other two dropped out but it mustn't be, have been about the money, though, because I'm pretty sure it made a lot of money in the box office. Yeah, I think it made probably the most. But um, so... yeah, I, I, no, I think they all enjoyed these working together. They, they kind of enjoyed these characters. I think they probably, yeah, they, they went about it kind of clearly caring how good it was. And the fact that it wasn't very good, I think they, they got a bit bruised by that and didn't want to come back. Which I can... uh, remember the good old days where, you know, Directors stop making sequels when they have got bad ratings from critics and don't care about the money. Remember yeah, those good old those, days? That, those, are, <laughs> those are great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh dear. Um, so I think this would be my favourite trilogy if it weren't for Spider-Man 3. Uh, I'm not sure. I guess Back to the Future is probably my favourite trilogy. Uh, it's just so... Di- I, don't, I, it's, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed by a film just because I'd love Spider-Man 2. watched it loads of times and I'm mm. really looking forward to this. And uh, just to be so kind of, I'd read some reviews and they were kind of, they were kind of like lots of like three stars out of five and stuff like that. I think, oh well, it could, it might be better than the same. You sound better. so depressed, Colin. All it's these like... years, all these years later, I still wish they'd made. Oh my god! Imagine if you okay. Imagine if they'd rounded it off with a great film. This would be the best trilogy ever made. Oh, uh, if I I'll give you a hug right now, Colin. Oh, thanks, man. Like, emo Peter Parker hug. Uh, yes. Yeah, the trailer was really good as well. I saw the trailer got me really excited. Um, there it's you okay. go. Uh, it's okay. It'll be fine. You'll um, get through this. That'll do. That'll do for Spider Man. It's still one and two. Still, I think. I think two is. I think Avengers Assemble is probably my favorite ever superhero film, but Spider Man Two will be second favorite, and it's one of my all-time favorite films, let alone superhero films. That's... Fair enough. Uh, if you have anything you want to tell us about Spider Man, you know where to get in touch with us at CZ Movies. CZ Movies at Gmail dot com. Give us a shout. Uh, tell us you hated it if you want to Simon you can tell me how scary you found it because I know that you did does <laughs> uh, Simon hate spiders? he does hate spiders well there's not a lot of sp- I guess you only see one spider really in this one thing. but um, no there's kind of a few jump scares that he uh, he didn't enjoy <laughs> uh, 
Next time. Next time. Um, what? what? <laughs> we've got we've got whole we've got two more segments to do yet. Do we? Oh yeah. <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> Yeah, we, this is going to be a long one. Um, we move on. It to, is quite long, actually. Like, yeah. Sh- actually, sh- should, we, should we skip out to factor this time? And yeah, let's skip out to factor. Um, so we'll, we, uh, we were going to do an act factor on Samuel L. Jackson, but we can bring that in uh, to our next episode. Uh, and instead, we will jump to the quiz, which is a quiz on the films of Richard Curtis, the ones he wrote, the ones he directed. I'm going to do so badly in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I will. I will start off. It's one of your oh. favorite questions. It's a director no! question. Uh, uh, who directed Four Weddings and a Funeral? Mike Newell. He's nailed it. You thought it was going to be a year question, didn't you? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a year question. <laughs> question one. Which famous figure did Fiona marry in the end of Four Weddings and a Funeral? Which famous figure? I watched this film, uh, I think it was the first time all the way through earlier this year, and I have absolutely no idea. What? Uh, who's Fiona? <laughs> Um, oh, Fiona Fiona is a guy um, she had unrequited feelings for Hugh Grant's character okay uh, she married Brian Adams hadn't they no she married Prince Charles obviously oh yes good question um, question two which actor made his final ever film appearance in About Time uh, before his death in March 2013 March 2013 mm. oh, that's quite a while back like four years ago and it is his last his film. last ever film, yeah. Oh, I don't even know who was in About Time. No, I can't guess. I'm going to guess something random, but it wouldn't be right. Who's okay. it? It's uh, Richard Griffiths. The name sounds familiar, but... He's a st- he was a stellar British actor uh, with Nail I, one of his better known, better known things. Did Pie in the Sky on TV. Anyway. Nope. Question two. Which famous painting was ruined by Mr. Bean in the 1997 eponymous film? Uh, Whistler's Mother. That's correct. I love that film. Yeah, you're going to love my question four. Um, yes. Question three. In which of these films did Philip Seymour Hoffman play the Count and Kenneth Branagh played a government minister? There's a Count? It's called The Count. Okay, I'm going to... So there's four weddings and a funeral. There's Notting Hill. There is Love Actually. There is Bean. So who does Kenneth Branagh play? Uh, a government minister. It's going to be Love Actually, surely. Uh, it's The Boat That Rocked. I've not heard of that. No, it was no. Um, based on a kind of pirate radio ship. It's not very good. Question three: Who wrote the novel Bridget Jones' Diary, or which the film is based on? Uh, that was Helen Fielding. That's correct. So two one. I've read that a few times. Very good. Um, question four: What is the name of the nineteenth-century portrait that is the MacGuffin in Bean? Ah, uh, Whistler's Man. Whistler's Mother. Very good. Have you seen it? Yeah. The actual painting. Um. Oh, the painting. No. Yeah. I've seen I've seen Bean. I saw it um in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. Oh we we've all travelled we've all been to Paris. No need to rag. I've been to Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna make loads of sense to the, to our listeners following our Southampton discussion off air. <laughs> Question four. <laughs> for those of you who are wondering, I'm going to Southampton next week. Go for it. Love actually begins with a voiceover from David commenting that when you know things get gloomy about the state of the world they think about which British landmark because of the pure and uncomplicated love felt there when people get gloomy they think well, we... no one thinks about British landmarks when they're gloomy uh, it's a, the opening voiceover by David at the beginning of Love yeah actually. I remember he finishes it by saying love really is all around um, they probably think of um, the white cliffs of Dover <laughs> no they think about Heathrow Airport that's where the epilogue of love actually is because people, you know, love people meet their loved ones. Is that a landmark? Okay. It's a landmark. Fine. Um, question five for you. Who won Best Supporting Actor BAFTA for Love Actually? Wow. Who won? So, so I bet everyone is a supporting, I bet everyone is a supporting actor in Love Actually. They will all be classified as supporting actors. There's a lot of supporting actors. Yeah. I'm going to go with Colin Firth. Uh, good shout, but uh, Bill Nye. Okay. So my last question yes. is uh, for you is Boyzone's Picture of You. Yes. Was especially recorded for which of these films? Um, I I bought this on CD when it uh, came out, I think. Um, it was for Bean. Yes, I love this uh, soundtrack as well. Yeah, there's, a great, really there's a great picture of uh, all of Boyzone wearing Mr. Bean jackets on the cover of the... Uh, 
the CD. It's a great tune. Uh, it is a great tune. Uh, I believe that makes it a 3-2 victory for me, which puts me 6-3 ahead for the years, Ejen. It's okay, Colin. There's always a comeback. Okay. Uh, what are you going to start your comeback with next time? Because I love Sing Street so much. Okay. We're doing it based on John Carney films. Okay. So once, begin again, Sing Street. How exciting. Uh, I look forward to that. Um, what is our main topic for next time? <laughs> Something that I have absolutely zero understanding of. But it was your suggestion, to be clear. It was, because we were running out. <laughs> Sports. Sports films. films. I'm excited. Uh, I'm confused. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen a few. The Mighty Ducks. I love The Mighty Ducks. Okay, well, we've got two weeks. There's plenty of time for you to watch some more. Um, and we will see you then. Bye. <laughs>